Well, this is the last service of 2023. Uh, you know, I don't want you to fall into what is called the Columbus Syndrome. When Christopher Columbus left for Great Britain into the New World, he didn't know where he was going. When he got there, he didn't know where he was. And when he came back, he didn't know where he had been. And a lot of people have this uh, uh, Columbus Syndrome. You know, we don't know where we're going. We don't know where we are. We don't know where we've been. But may God give us great clarity as we enter into 2024. Amen. Now, I want to speak to you today about the subject of trees. And I want to draw some very fascinating lessons from them. You know, the Lord often used metaphors and parables to illustrate kingdom truth. He used very simple pictorial language that people could understand. He talked about kings and soldiers and burglars, judges and builders and beggars, hungry children. He talked about the human anatomy, the eyes, the ears, the teeth, the cheek, the hands. He talked about the sun and the rain, birds and insects and dogs and pigs and sheep and wolves. All of that to say that these were very concrete pictures and real things that people could easily visualize and identify with. And yes, he talked about trees. The two main gates of the human soul are the eyes and the ears. And people need to see the gospel as well as hear the gospel. And when they hear a gospel that is different from what they see, trust me, they will always believe what they see rather than what they hear, which is why a good testimony is vital. Amen. You can preach all you like on 1 Corinthians 13 about the love of God, but if you don't manifest the love of Christ, people are going to suspect the message that you preach. Now the Bible, uh, the believers are often uh, referred to in Scripture as trees, were called trees of righteousness. The nation of Israel was referred to as an olive, olive tree. And by the way, we're the wild olive branches that have been grafted in. Righteous men in the Bible were called palm trees. King Solomon, in all his wisdom, spoke of the cedars of Lebanon to the hyssop, which is a tiny plant that grows from out of the walls of buildings. All this to say that some people are sturdy like the cedars of Lebanon and some people are flimsy and weak like the hyssop plant. My text for today is Genesis chapter 21 and verses 33 to 34. It says, Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Vesheva and there called upon the name of the Lord, the everlasting God, El Olam, hallelujah, the everlasting God. I've got a picture of a tamarisk tree. I want you to see what it looks like. Now the tamarisk tree is a slow growing tree that lives for a long time and no one ever plants a tamarisk for themselves. You plant a tamarisk tree for the future generations. And that was what Abraham was doing here. He was planting a tree in faith, in hope, because he knew that one day somewhere down the future, his descendants would live to enjoy it. The society grows great when old men plant trees, the shade of which they know they will never sit under. Come on. Now the tamarisk is an evergreen tree which simply means it's got foliage all year round as opposed to a deciduous tree which, uh, and it can survive in very arid environments. It re its roots, roots go so deep into the ground that even in very dry climates it can pull up something like 100 liters of water a day. That's staggering, man. When Abraham planted this tree, he planted it in Bathsheba or the well of oath or covenants, and this evergreen tree symbolized God's everlasting covenant with Him. All that to say, we can remain evergreen right throughout the year because we serve the everlasting God. Amen. And this has got to be one of the core values here in Cornerstone, that whatever we do, we do with the future generations in mind. What are we planting today that will benefit future generations? Not just my generation, but the next generation and down the line. 
Did you know that the oldest tree in the world is a tree called Methuselah? I've got a picture of it. It's a, it's a Bristol cone pine that's estimated to be over 4,800 years old. It's still alive. And this tree was on the planet at the building of the pyramids of Giza in Egypt. Come on. It's located in the Eastern California. Its precise location is kept a secret because they don't want anybody vandalizing it. But the reason this tree is so resilient, so enduring, is because it has the ability to thrive in very harsh environments of freezing temperature and relentless winds, which really is the key to their remarkable longevity. It is their constant exposure to the harsh climates that allow, allows its roots to go so deep in search of water through the layers of limestone and carbonate rock at very high elevations and their twisted branches are shaped by the fast-moving currents of the mountain air, which provides stability and reduce the risk of breakage during storms. I mean, this, these trees have an amazing ability to adapt. Hallelujah. And adaptability is something that we are going to need as we go into 2024. And if you think that 2023 has been difficult, I'm telling you this, it's going to be more difficult next year. We, so we've got to learn to be adaptable, hallelujah, to whatever conditions we are. And we've got to be stronger than the world. Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, amen. Be of good cheer, hallelujah. Now, it's interesting that logging companies don't just hire lumberjacks to cut down trees. By law, they are also required to hire specialists to repopulate forests. And these experts know exactly where to plant trees that will produce the best quality wood. When they go out to reforest a mountain, they would scan the slopes until they find what is called stress factors. Now these stress factors are, are areas on the mountain slopes that are most exposed to the wind and to the storms. And right there where the stress factors are the strongest and greatest is where they would plant the saplings. Because it is here on the rugged slopes of the mountain that the trees produce the best and most sought after wood. Because from day one, these little trees face the cruelty of winter and the harshness of summer and the strong winds that come along and the trees know that if they want to survive, their only hope is to sink their roots deeper into the ground. And then comes summer and drought and their roots go even deeper to find those subterranean springs underneath the ground. Ladies and gentlemen, it's just during these periods of stress that their trunks become hardened. Now, of course, not all trees survive, but those that do go on to produce the best, most sought after, most desired wood, it is these trials, it is these sufferings, it is the contradictions in life, it is the storms of life that strengthens us to produce the best quality saints if we can endure. Amen. So don't waste your trials, ladies and gentlemen. Endurance is a fundamental virtue of the Christian life. And Paul says that we are to endure hardship as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Things can get tough. I understand as I've been in the ministry 33 years, I have seen a lot, ladies and gentlemen. And often these stress factors are found in the local church. My staff just reminded me, Pastor, also tell them that the church is a place of solace and shalom and peace and joy and the presence of God but it's also a place where the stress factors sometimes can be very intense. If you've been in a cell group for five years, you know what I mean. So that's why it's so much easier for people to cop out and watch services online. 
in the comforts of their own home because they don't want to be exposed to those stress factors in the church. I mean, why go to church when I can sit in my pyjamas, sip my wine and enjoy the services in the comfort of my own home without anyone telling me what I can do or what I can't do. And if I don't like what I'm hearing, I just switch the channel. Trust me, if you are not going to be exposed to these stress factors of life and community, you will never, never produce the kind of fruit intended that God intends for you to produce. And you might just end up a hyssop in the wall. Yes, I'm speaking to you online. I am. I think there is a case for me to say this by the love of Jesus Christ, not in a bad spirit, but in a good spirit, warning you, you need to be careful that you don't forsake the assembling together of the saints, which is a biblical commandment. G. Campbell Morgan says, if you have no opposition in the place where you serve, you are serving in the wrong place. Listen to the man. He's a wise man. The church is designed to be a greenhouse, an incubator to accelerate super growth when what a, a greenhouse essentially does, it regulates the right humidity, temperature, sunlight, rain, all these factors produce the climate that is, uh, that is suitable for super growth to take place. And that's what the church is. It's a greenhouse. Ladies and gentlemen, there are going to be tensions. There are going to be issues. But we have to learn to let those tensions and issues cause our roots to go deeper down and make us stronger. Brother Bailey used to say to me, one difficult person in your life is better than 10 good people. Hallelujah. The one thing I can tell you for sure is there's no such thing as a perfect church. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for one, it doesn't exist. There's only one perfect church. It's in heaven. Hallelujah. If there's a perfect church on earth, don't join it because it will be imperfect. Hallelujah. There are going to be stress factors in the church, but I want you to see that it's these stress factors that will produce the strongest and the best saints, hallelujah. Don't get, don't allow yourself to be uprooted in the very place that God has planted you just because there are problems. Just because you see, think that, oh, pastor, the music is so loud every week. I want to go to some other place. That shows the level of resilience that you have. Psalm 92 and verse 12 and 13 says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar of Lebanon. He shall be planted. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. If you want to, fl if you want to flourish, man, you got to allow Him to plant you in His house. You cannot church hop one place or another. There are a lot of people like that, church hopping all the time and they're never planted in the house of God. That's why they never flourish. You cannot separate yourself from God's people. You cannot isolate yourself at home. You must be exposed to the stress factors and the way that happens is to allow Him to plant you. Have you ever had this experience? You're in a service, you hear a preacher preach, you're shaking. The fire of God is burning in your heart and you're, you're so powerfully transformed by the Word. And you go back home and you can't wait to hear the message again. And you play it online. It doesn't have the same effects. And you're wondering to yourself, why was it so powerful when I was in the church hearing it? And then when I come back home, there's hardly any emotion. Or, it's the presence of God, my friends. That makes the difference. And you can't duplicate that in sitting in front of your TV at home. Amen. Now I know, ladies and gentlemen, there's, there's, there's value in some of these things. But the only thing that if you want the presence of God, you've got to be in the house of God. God promised that He would inhabit the praise of His people. Amen. The anointing is, makes the difference and you can't duplicate this sitting in, uh, at home and watching TV. It's never the same because 
If it is, then you've just found an easier way to follow Jesus than the one prescribed for us in the Bible. You know, the online services were just a stopgap measure at best during the lockdown. But now that the lockdown is over, there's no reason why you should stay away. Let me just say this as bluntly as I can. Those of you watching online, you can never grow to your full potential if you stay physically away from the local church. Never. Yeah, I believe that. You can clap and because that's exactly the truth. Our online services were designed for those who are traveling, for those who maybe were incapacitated uh, from coming, those who are working, uh, unfortunately, in some of the sectors like, you know, that required for them to work or whether it was sickness or a disability. If you can't come, we understand. But if you can and don't, you don't glorify Jesus. Don't opt for the easy way out. Don't stay away because of these stress factors. God put you here for a purpose. And please don't stop coming because you feel dry. It's those dry seasons that cause your roots to go deep down so that when the rain comes, you're the one that's going to be most productive. Amen. Now, while the Bristol cone may be the longest surviving trees in the world, nothing compares with the majestic sequoias. I've got a picture of a beautiful sequoia tree. Um, I don't have a bucket list of things. Actually, I do. The first thing on my bucket list is to buy a bucket. <laughs> but I don't have a bucket list. But um, if I do, then I want to visit the Yosemite National Park where the largest sequoias are located. The oldest sequoia is named the President. It's estimated to be about 3,200 years old. I hear people sit at the foot of these old trees patiently waiting for them to whisper wisdom to them. Now, the president is a majestic tree. It's been here long before the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. It stood at the fall of the Roman Empire. It stood through the long and tragic wars of Europe, through Americans' war of independence, the civil war, and it stands undiminished through two world wars. As one author says, they stand before God outside of time. A couple of lessons that we can learn from these majestic sequoias. It's the number one, we are all beneficiaries of our environment. It's the environment that shapes us. I am who I am because of this church, amen? I'm a better, better person. I'm a stronger person. I'm a more mature person because of the community that He has placed me in. There's no such thing as a self-made man in God's kingdom. People don't just rise from nothing. Yes, it's true. We owe some things to our parentage, maybe patronage and, you know, good genes and good stock. But I tell you, it's by asking where people come from that you will unravel the mystery behind who actually succeeds and who doesn't. It is the house that builds you. Why do you fight so hard, ladies and gentlemen, parents? Why do you fight so hard to get your kids into the best school? Why? Because the environment is different. The quality of teachers, the motivation, the pursuit of excellence, the facilities, the quality of students themselves, and the whole atmosphere is designed to produce the best and the brightest students. I had a friend of mine I met not too long ago and he uh, PhD, NUS all the way through Singapore is lecturing in the university. I said, during your time in academia, what was the best time that you was most productive and value add for you? He said, four weeks in Harvard University. I said, why? He said, because when you go to Harvard, everybody there wants to change the world. And we have to have an environment here in Cornerstone where everybody thinks like this, how can I change my world? My community, amen. Everybody should be thinking like this. 
The tallest oak tree is in the forest is not the tallest because it grew from the best acorn or the hardiest acorn. It is the tallest because no other tree block is sunlight. It is the tallest because no, the soil around it was fertile and rich. It's the tallest because no rabbit chewed on its sapling. Uh, it was, it's the tallest because maybe no lumberjack cut it when it was growing. It's not just your DNA. It's the forest that you grew up in, ladies and gentlemen. You are who you are because of the community that God has placed you. And if you don't like community, you won't like heaven. Because heaven is all about community. Where do you think you're going to live in heaven? If you are isolated from God's people, I think if you are truly saved and isolated, God's going to put you in the far reaches of heaven. <laughs> Second lesson we can learn from these redwoods. God is not in a rush. Someone call Him the three mile an hour God. The speed of a normal human walking pace is three miles per hour. God walks and travels at our pace. He knows our frailty. Moses said, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We live in contrast to these majestic sequoias. We live in a culture where speed is our metric. We live in a society with ever-increasing sufficiency and productivity where profit is our mantra. But when you grow up with a false narrative, listen to this, when you grow up with, in a false narrative, you don't plant trees. You don't create movements designed for general impact, generational impact. You don't invest in the long term. We've got to make sure that we're not being deceived by a false narrative. Amen. That's coming out in social media. You want to get rich. You want to have a new, um, you have a new car. You want to have a big house and, and all those things. These are false narratives. We have another narrative that has to be forged from the Scriptures. Amen. The God that we love and the God we serve is a God of patience. And if there's one thing I'm learning at this senior stage in my life, it's not in a rush. He's got all eternity to work with me, in me, through me, and for me. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you actually think for one moment that the instant you die, you're going to be totally perfected and that you're going to have all knowledge and that you're no longer any need for growth and learning? That's a false narrative. We're going to learn. Our education and learning will continue throughout eternity. What do you think you're going to do in eternity? We're going to grow into the likeness of who God is. Amen. There's going to be amazing things that we're going to learn that we've never seen before, learned before. And God has reserved all these things for us. Hallelujah. When we are with Him forever. Amen. Now look at the long history of Israel. Taken thousands of years to build a narrative. Decades, centuries, millennia. And God is not in a rush to reveal the fullness of his, who He is in His Son, Jesus Christ. He's in no hurry to reveal that. Uh, the God we serve is a God of patience. If you read the Bible and you read about heavenly Zion, it is a place that is quiet. It is very quiet. It's still, there's no, it, there's no trouble. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I know that many of you, uh, if I would ask by a show of hands, how many of you are introverted as to being extroverted, I think the majority of people here in the church would be in, more introverted. I think so. I think that most of us don't like big crowds. I think that we rather have time alone with our families. I'd rather read at home and be alone. And I understand this, but don't let that introvertedness stop you from reaching out to people and being exposed to the stress factors of life in the community. Am I making sense to you? All right, here's Job chapter 14. Taking this to a landing in verse 7 and 9. For there is hope for a tree, if it's cut down, that it will sprout again. And its tender shoots will not cease. Though its roots may grow old in the earth, its stump may die in the ground. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth branches 
like a plant. Two important lessons to learn from this passage. Number one, did you know that if you cut a tree and leave its stump, it will still grow again? When an olive tree has reached its maximum production limit, the farmer will cut the tree down, but he will leave the old stump in the ground and very quickly the, start, the tree will start producing new shoots and olives uh, will start sprouting again. This is Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1. Amen. The stump is Jesse, the roots uh, is uh, the roots and the branch, of course, is Jesus. And if the, cut, the tree is cut and the stump remains by right, if there's no leaves, if there's no foliage, it shouldn't survive. But in a New Zealand forest many years ago, two researchers found a leafless tree stump covered with calluses, very much alive, although it didn't have much foliage. And they stumbled on this amazing discovery. The stump wasn't surviving on its own. It was surviving with the help of the surrounding trees. And that's when they discovered in the for, uh, that trees in the forest are interconnected by a vast underground network of symbiotic soil fungi. It's like the internet of trees, a subterranean network where trees exchange nutrients Trees of the same species go even further. They graft their roots underground so that life from one tree goes into the other tree. Come on. And the church can take a leave out of this. This year, my wife and I had the privilege of being in Hawaii. If you ever go to Hawaii, the, you, the only thing you want to do there really is to see the humpback whales. You know, when you're on a safari, you know, sometimes you get to see a lion and sometimes you, you don't get to see a lion. It depends on whether the lion is wanting to come out, right? <laughs> so you pray, Lord, I want to see a lion today, and hopefully you get to see one. But in, uh, in, in, in Hawaii, in the, you, you will see hundreds of whales, right? That's, that's a given. And so we were on this expedition uh, boat, and um, one of the things that they did was they said, we're going to let you hear this amazing communication that's going on under the water. So they had these sensitive microphones that they lowered into the water and these loudspeakers, and we could hear... I mean, that's how I think how the, the, the whales were communicating and singing under the water. It was beautiful. I just hear this amazing communication of things that were happening under the water. My goodness. And the same thing is happening under the ground in forests. The, the roots of the trees are connected and that's why the trees can clap their hands and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's amazing. And you know, it's, it's, just, it's, it's not just the advantage to the stump, but the trees, for example, that are far away from water sources, connect their roots with trees that are near to the water sources and they share water. Can you imagine that? It's all in the forest. We're stronger together. Amen. Did you know that number two, the water has a scent? Right after you, 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 it rains, the, the, the air has a certain scent. Water literally changes the molecular structure of air in such a way that it can be smelled. And animals have this unique ability to pick up the scent. Now I'm convinced that we're getting closer to the subterranean springs in Cornerstone. We might not have to dig too long to hit the vein of gold. And sometimes we just need to move the flesh out of the way and let the river flow. The Lord spoke to me this morning. I was sitting in the presence of God and He said to me, the river is mine. Hallelujah. And when I let that river flow in Cornerstone, you make sure you don't hawk that river. It's for everybody. Amen. It's forever. The river must go out into the nations and it must go out into the city of Singapore as well. Don't hawk the river. It's not yours. It's my river. Amen. And I'll tell you this, I believe with all my heart that we're going to touch that amazing jet stream of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here's another scripture that I want to, uh, another tree I want to talk to very briefly. Won't take too long. It's what we call the cedars of Lebanon. 
It says, the righteous man shall flourish like a palm tree and he will grow like the cedars of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of God and they will still yield their fruits in all age. Watch this. And they shall be full of sap, very green. Now cedars are often found perched high on mountaintops. They can grow up to 40 meters tall, two meters in diameter. And um, the reason for these trees flourishing is three reasons very quickly. Number one, their root system. Their roots have been found thousands of feet under, uh, the, that reaches right down the valleys of, the, of these uh, mountain slopes. And the st our stability, ladies and gentlemen, comes from our roots, yes? Amen? It comes from our debt. We gotta go deep, hallelujah. Our depth of marriage, our depth of relationships, our personal discipleship in prayer, in the Word, convictions, our values, good financial decisions. Go deep! The second thing is their fruit, all right? And of course, these are the, the sap in trees is the result of fruitfulness. It's an overproduction of fruitfulness that produces fruit, hallelujah. This is our internal resources, hallelujah. I'm telling you, when you are strong on the inside, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are on the outside, you will flourish. And number three, their fragrance. You know, cedars are exported worldwide because they are rot-free and they are bug-free. Solomon's chariots were made of cedar. The temple was made of cedar. Why? Because insect repellent comes from cedar. Cedar was, the, the timber they used to make wardrobes is cedar. And that's why moths doesn't bother you because of the cedar wood, they emit a scent. And every person, every ministry has a fragrance. Paul says, we are the fragrance of Christ unto God to, among those who are being saved. Make sure you have the right smell. Hallelujah. Amen. I close with one final tree. This is the best tree. And it's the family tree of Jesus. If you ever read the Bible in its entirety, you will discover that God doesn't whitewash anything. He doesn't hide, cover up, airbrush any of His servants. When the Bible outlines the family tree of Jesus, we see all the slime, the brokenness, the lies, prostitutes in Jesus' family line, adultery, incest, rape, Betrayal. Yes, all of that in Jesus' family line. Come on. The family tree of Jesus is one dysfunctional mess. Branch after branch after branch after branch. Nothing is covered. God is totally vulnerable. Identifies with every pain, with every hurt. Doesn't whitewash the brokenness in his family tree. And what does he do? He goes to the tree of Calvary and redeems us and washes us in spite of our brokenness to graft us into His tree. I've been faithless, so have you, but we serve a God who is faithful. We come up from a long line of the faithless, from idolaters. But what matters is God doesn't reject us because of our brokenness. He goes to Calvary in spite of the brokenness and the faithlessness. Is God hurt? My devotional reading this past few days have been from the book of Ezekiel. And in the book of Ezekiel, they rebel against God over and over again. The, the violence, the killing, bringing their children to the fire, killing their own children, the murder, the violence in the city of Jerusalem. And God's heart is so broken that He says to the prophet, He says, you tell my people that they have crushed my heart. They have broken me. They have crushed my heart and they have kindled a fire in my anger that can never be quenched. The pain that God goes through. 
And the wonder of it all is he doesn't extricate himself from our pain. It's the same God who never once removed himself from your storyline. And many of us have things in our storyline that we're ashamed about. Maybe our kids did this, our kids did that, and we're ashamed about this. And God is not ashamed of your children. He's not ashamed of your family line. And He does not remove Himself from the, your story that everyone moves away from or shies away from. God isn't for one moment ashamed of your family tree because His family tree is just as bad. And He comes to Calvary that wonderful tree at Calvary and reverses the curse and makes all things new again. Come on. From the creation of Eden to the crash of Bethlehem, all the way to the cross of Calvary, this, there isn't a family tree in this room today that God cannot powerfully redeem. Amen. I want you to stand with me, ladies and gentlemen. I want to pray. Break every curse in your life. As we enter the new year, we don't want to carry in the baggage of 2023. Every chain must be broken. Bondage, every bondage be broken over our lives as we enter into the new year. And every burden that we're carrying that God doesn't want us to carry, we need to lay down at the feet of Calvary. The one last scripture I want to give to you, you've got to hear this, my friends. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 3, it says, And if a tree falls to the south or the north, in the place where it falls, there it shall lie. I used to read this word, scripture, and have no understanding about it. But what the Lord is saying, is He's saying how you die is not as important as the state in which you die. Because the moment you die, that's where you will be judged. And that's why God brings all His servants up to the mountain to die. We must die on the peak of the mountain, on the mountain top, amen. We cannot die living in the, in the valleys of life. In the name of Jesus, if you are a thief, adulterer, murderer, uh, an idolater at the point of your death, my friends, that's how He's going to judge you. And the Lord says in the book of Ezekiel, all the righteousness that a righteous man has done will not be remembered because now he's no longer a righteous man and I will judge him for what he is, not what he used to be. So where a tree falls, there it shall lie. Make sure that we are ready to meet Jesus when we die. Amen. Tonight, uh, today, this morning, I want to pray for you. I want to break every curse, every chain, every bondage over this house as we enter into the new year. I want you to plant your roots deep down. Allow those roots to go deep. Allow yourself to be exposed to the stress factors of life. It's part of the journey, ladies and gentlemen. That's how you grow strong. That's how you as a tree, your trunk gets hardened and you become a fruit, mighty fruit-bearing tree, amen. I want your roots to go deeper. I want the branches to grow stronger, amen. If God needs to prune us, then He has to prune us. But I tell you this, we need to offer ourselves fresh to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, today as we come to the last, Sunday of 2023 I don't want to go into the new year with baggage I don't want to go into the new year with the besetting sin I don't want to go to the new year with the bondages and the chains in my leg loose us and set us free I break the chains that bind us people and I loose them right now Lord in Jesus' name and I decree over this house Lord as we enter into 2024 no cancer no premature deaths no suicides no abortions no miscarriages no Alzheimer's no Parkinson's no dementia 
censure. Hallelujah. No sexual immorality. In Jesus' name, no divorce in this house, Lord. That you will protect and watch over the family of God here in Cornerstone. Lord, we want to be a healthy, healthy forest. Hallelujah. Where trees are helping one another, Lord. Underneath the symbiotic, amazing tra- uh, uh, exchange of life and, and love. Hallelujah. Father, I just want to bless this congregation. I know, Lord, that the best is right before us, Lord. And I know that while we go into 2024, there will be an escalation of wars, rumors of wars, famines, Lord, and all things that Jesus prophesied. But Lord, the church is going to be more glorious and we are going to be in revival. So send revival, Lord. 2024, send revival, Jesus. Let 2024 be a year of mighty revival. Hallelujah. And bless your people people and bless your inheritance right now the blessings of God the Father the blessings of God the Son and the blessings of God the Holy Spirit be with you and abide with you now and forevermore and everybody said amen let's give God a big praise and offering hallelujah we give you the glory Lord we give you the glory Lord amen just listen to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.